0: Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. I don't know if anyone else... Um... Uh, encountered this last week I'm I'm not really a news junkie but I did notice on the news um, this launch of a satellite um, rocket um, and it was kind of interesting I know this happens probably every second day but it was happening um, it was the first British launch I think uh, of the British space programme and uh, the interesting thing for us in Ireland is that the the plane was taking this rocket off the west coast of Kerry to launch it into space, uh, so that it could have an ocean to fall into, I guess, if if things went wrong. Um, and so I kind of got interested in this, listening to it and followed what was happening to it the following day. And of course, unfortunately, it did go wrong. Um, it you know it start, apparently, and I, I read up a little bit about it afterwards. I don't know a lot about satellites and this kind of thing, so kind of looked into it a little bit what happened what went wrong and what goes right and how do these things actually stay correctly in orbit and it kind of synced up for me with some thoughts that I had in in the scripture and I just felt that that was the leading of the Holy Spirit for tonight and thinking about this this rocket that you know everything was the trajectory or the path was was perfect everything was going great first rocket stage second rocket stage and then something went wrong and the trajectory went off and it never reached that stable orbit point and of course just went back down then again and reading up then a little bit you know this this is what can happen even in satellites that are in orbit they reach a stable orbit which is apparently a balance between the gravitational pull of the earth and their own speed as they rotate. Um, But, you know, they can slow down over time or they can hit pieces of space debris or molecules that are up there and get slightly dragged down a bit. And every now and again, in order to stop themselves the trajectory just basically going down and losing orbit, they have to course-correct. And they have these little rocket boosters in the satellites a little fuel tank that enables them to just inject a bit and get back on course get back onto their orbit avoid that bit of debris or get back up again to the stable orbit position and i was you know just thinking a little bit about this and you know the trajectory for the christian life and whether that's the life of an individual or whether it's a church or a christian work There's always that possibility of a great start, a great trajectory in a life or in a a work. But over time, things can come in, collisions can happen, you know, things get in the way, a little bit of drag comes in and that trajectory can slowly lose focus and lose lose that orbit, lose that stable, Movement forward in our experience, and in I suppose in the worst cases, you know, people and movements can just flame out, get dragged back down to just nothingness. Yes, saved, yes, going on in some sense with the law, but not really making that mark that God wants us to make, sometimes even damaging others and damaging ourselves. And that's the 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 sort of sad side of what can happen with this trajectory. So I want to speak a little bit about that tonight, that trajectory that the Lord wants us to stay on and how he helps us. He He can help us course correct to stay on that stable orbit, that stable trajectory. Now, the this is not my main text, but I just want to refer briefly to Galatians because in a sense, when Paul is speaking to the Galatian church, he is warning them of their trajectory, the path they're going on. And he says, he's quite strong with them. He says, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, that was the start of your journey, are you now ending by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you Do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith. So this is a warning from Paul. He's writing, and I believe this Galatians book is an attempt to course correct this church back into a stable trajectory, a stable orbit, away from this which was happening to them. And that was going to put them off course, beginning in the spirit. But he says, are you now going to end in the flesh? You began in faith. Are you going to end in works? And the amazing thing is this is happening to a church that was founded in revival by the apostle to the Gentiles. This region of Galatia, it's it's where... There was Antioch of Pisidia where the whole city came out to hear Paul. It's where Lystra and Iconium was where there was this great miracle of the lame man being healed where they sacrificed to Paul and Silas, I think, or Barnabas, I can't remember which, sacrificed as if they're gods. This is a place where mighty things have happened. And yet, and yet, even here, this drift can happen in the trajectory. And I think it's, scripture is always there to help us and it's to help us to understand that if it can happen to this church, it can happen to me, it can happen to you, it can happen to Cork Church, it can happen to any work and movement of God. It can. And we are responsible Christians if we take note. I was, I, I, I suppose, a modern Situation. I was listening to a, a podcast from Christianity Today or a while back about a very large US church that, you know, um, basically collapsed, collapsed um, entirely under basically flesh. The flesh got in. Uh, but the awful sad thing listening to it was this was not... You know, you might think these things that collapsed, oh, they were just maybe wacko from the start. There was something... But when you listen to the people and the interviews with these people, God was doing something wonderful in that church at the beginning. They began in the Spirit. These were not nutters. They began in the Spirit. But something drove the trajectory off course. And folks, we don't want this to happen to any one of us. So here in this book, as I say, I believe Paul is, is looking to apply a course correction, looking to set those rocket boosters alight and move them back on course. And he, he underlines this at the end of the, of the book where he, he, he again underlines, you began in the spirit. Now he says, walk by the spirit, be led by the spirit, live by the spirit, keep in step with the spirit. This is our stable orbit. This is, the, this is the kind of course correction for every one of us. And if you think you don't need it, we need to think again. Now, I want to turn to my, um, my main text to, to have a look at, you know, what can we learn from scripture that gives us a picture or an illustration of what this looks like? And I think the Old Testament is wonderful in that it gives us these pictures, these stories that illustrate for us kind of abstract principles. As you know, we, we relate to them more easily than we do to abstractions. So I want to turn to the book of First Samuel, please, to the chapter 13. And we're going to look at... A trajectory and a course correction. And we're going to look at the life of King Saul and the life of his son Jonathan and an incident that occurred that both of these were involved in. And God is illustrating here, I believe, two positives and two negatives, two things. To understand what to do and two things to avoid doing. So let's get into this. And let's just take it from chapter 13. And just to give a little bit of the context, King Saul is the first king of Israel. He's been anointed by the prophet Samuel, who we heard about from Pastor Nick at the weekend, that child of Hannah. And he starts out as one who has no opinion of himself. He was small in his own sight. He was a nobody. But the Spirit of God comes down on him and equips him to be the king of this nation and equips him to lead them in battle. Here is a classic case of someone who absolutely began in the Spirit. He's God's anointed at that time. For some reason, this... A couple of years into his reign, the Philistines, this local grouping, come against Israel. And it seems to rattle Saul terribly and the people. It seems to bring an awful lot of fear. So let's just take it from, we'll just read a few snippets here and there as we, as we walk through this. From verse 5 of chapter 13, if you have your Bible. It says, the Philistines mustered to fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen and troops like the sand of the seashore in multitude. They came up and encamped in Michmash to the east of Beth-Avon. When the men of Israel saw that they were in trouble, for the people were hard pressed, the people hid themselves in caves and in holes and in rocks and in tombs and in cisterns and some Hebrews crossed the fjords of the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul was still at Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. He waited seven days, the time appointed by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattering from him. So Saul said, bring the burnt offering here to me, and the peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering." As soon as he had finished offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him and greet him. Samuel said, what have you done? And Saul said, when I saw that the people were scattering from me and that you did not come within the days appointed and that the Philistines had mustered at Michmash, I said, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal and I have not sought the favor of the Lord. So I forced myself and offered the burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. So here we have a don't. This is an avoidance. This is the beginning of the end, the beginning of the rot in Saul's kingdom. Samuel says to him, your kingdom now, it'll be going to someone else he makes a serious misstep he introduces himself in a time of trouble and stress and that's always where the difficulty is folks we're all fine when things are going great but it's when the trouble and the stress comes that we that's when the 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 course correction is most needed that's when we're in trouble and we tend to go off course he introduces himself to fill a gap that only God can fill. And here's where we can often start to get into trouble. If God leaves us waiting, if there's a lack of direction, or a lack of clarity, or a lack of power in a certain situation, and there are times when there will be, we must understand this there are times when there will be. Samuel appointed a time, he said, I'm going to come, wait seven days for me, and I will sacrifice to the Lord, and we will plead his favor for this battle. But Saul sees, well, there's no sign of Samuel. The people are melting like snow before me. Everyone's leaving me, and he panics. The lesson of this is don't jump in to fill the gap that only God can fill. A forcing of an issue in a lack of confidence. He gave up. Samuel's not coming. That was the conclusion he came to. And this happens when we lose confidence in God. God isn't coming. God is not going to help me, even though he promised he would. Therefore, I must step in to fill the gap. And even if there are times when we're desperate, even if there are times when it seems critical, when it seems everything is melting away, don't force the issue without God with you. Don't force it. And this is a hard, hard lesson, but I believe we must learn it through bitter experience. It's such a key point that we move from a dependence on the Spirit, from walking in step with the Holy Spirit, and we say, no, I'm going to lean on the flesh because the Holy Spirit isn't moving the way I want him to move. He isn't moving quickly enough. He isn't going at the pace or the direction I feel it needs to happen now. And we lean away from the Spirit, and we lean into the flesh, just like Saul did here. He says, I'm giving up on Samuel. I'm making the sacrifice. I'll do it. I'll take it on. By contrast, then, so we have an illustration here before all... of a a misstep. I think the Lord deliberately brings Jonathan into this picture to show us his course correction. Here's how God wants to do it. Here's what God wants to do. So we have God's course correction in this situation in the son of Saul where Jonathan then In chapter 14, we just read a few verses from chapter 6. At this time, it's not clear if it's the same day or a couple of days later or a week later or whatever, but one day it says, verse 6, Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And his armor-bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart, do as you wish. Behold, I am with you heart and soul. Then Jonathan said, behold, we will cross over to the men and we will show ourselves to them. If they say, wait till we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and we will not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, then we will go up. For the Lord has given them into our hand and this shall be the sign to us. And of course they do, the men do say, come on up to us and they go up and the Lord begins to do to cause them to fall before Jonathan so I think we have here a, a positive course correction here in this situation and we have a do we have a, a a positive guideline I think to kind of keep us in balance there's the don't step in where only God can step in but do take initiative in faith but always keeping an eye to the specific leading of the spirit in that initiative. Because walking in the spirit we've just seen what happens when someone steps out in their own initiative. But walking in the spirit is not being passive. It's not being paralysed. It's not some hope, not being able to do anything. And this is the wonderful balance of our orbit, of our trajectory. This can lead to a paralysis in the Christian experience. And we've seen this some, sometimes in extremes where you know people get into a cr- frame of mind, well, I'm not doing the A or B or C until I get a, until I get a direct prophecy or word from the Holy Spirit, an audible voice almost. No, this is not. This is not about passivity and it's not about paralysis. Walking in the spirit is moving forward. It's a place of faith, confidence and initiative that God wants to defeat these Philistines. He's not, the, the will of God is not to have Israel crushed before them. And Jonathan takes this initiative when everything around him is crumbling. Saul's response was to step into where God should have, only God could do. Jonathan's response is everything is crumbling around. I'm going to step forth in faith that God is going to do something in this situation. But there is a humility in it. And there's a placing of himself under the government of the Holy Spirit he says this very important thing. He says, it may be that the Lord will work for us. So it's a confidence mixed with an uncertainty about the exact course of events. So he's confident, he's stepping out in faith, he's taking the initiative in faith, but he doesn't know exactly what's going to happen. He doesn't know if the Lord is going to give the victory in the way that he thinks. He doesn't know if they should go up to the people above or if they should come down. He doesn't know how exactly the Lord is going to do this. So he's mixing his faith and his confidence with a humble placing of himself in step again. This is it. It's in step with the Holy Spirit. It's not going ahead of him. It's not lagging behind. It's keeping that eye always what is the direction of God in this matter? And if we take that, folks, as a guideline for our experience, we do well. Confidence, but yet always waiting for that indication. Lord, is this or is it that? We have no guarantees, but yet we know the one who is going with us. The, let's move forward then through this account of a battle to the other two don't and do. And we go back to a don't again. We go back to Saul and his trajectory. And so they do, The Jonathan and, and the armor bearer start this, this whole business. God uses them to defeat this, Small group of Philistines and panic starts to spread. Now the Israelites start coming in, and it's clear that the Lord is going to give them victory here. And you know, all the ones who fled across the river, all the ones who ran away in caves, they're now joining in. And there's a great movement to defeat these Philistines. However, once again, Saul does something pushes things off course once again. And here we have once again the awful tendency of the flesh that can pull us out of orbit, that can pull us off course. <clears throat> and we'll look at, uh, the, again, chapter 14, and just another few verses from t- two verses, twenty three verses from verse 24. It says, And the men of Israel had been hard-pressed that day, So Saul had laid an oath on the people saying, cursed be the man who eats food until it's evening and I'm avenged on my enemies. So none of the people had tasted food. Now when all the people came to the forest, behold, there was honey on the ground. And when the people entered the forest, behold, the honey was dropping, but no one put his hand to his mouth for the people feared the oath. And here's here's something that when our trajectory is heading away from walking in step with the Spirit to moving on in the flesh, something will happen where we or others start introducing needless barriers and restrictions in the work of God, needless and hindering victory we referred at the start to Paul's attempt to course correct the Galatians. And he says this exact thing to them. He says, you begin to observe times and days and seasons. I I wonder, he says, I'm I'm, I'm fearful of you. You want to be, listen to me, you who want to be circumcised. These were the things that were coming back in, in Galatians. Needless restrictions and barriers, things to, to bring them into bondage. Is if you go down this road, Christ will be of no value to you. You lose the value and the power and the strength of all that Christ can be. And you know, it, so happen, it can happen so subtly that we introduce barriers even for ourselves. Have you ever had this thought? I cannot know a miracle in my life. I cannot know a particular work of the Holy Spirit in my life or in my family until something else is achieved, until we put a barrier. Perhaps that could be driven from guilt and shame. I believe Saul was driven here by guilt and shame. He was driven by the guilt of his own failure with Samuel. He was driven by the shame that his own son had started a, a mighty work, and he's there, and he's failed. And out of that guilt and shame, he then doubles down. He doubles down on the flesh. and says, "Right word, there's no one eating a thing until we defeat these enemies." And we double down on human effort. He says he puts a curse on the people. No food, no distraction until the enemy is defeated. And you know the awful thing with this, with with such restrictions, it ends up just causing more sin. At the end of that day, the people were so starving that they were killing animals on the ground and eating them with the blood, which was an offence under kosher law. So it ended up this frustration and failure just brings more sin. And here they are, walking into the equivalent of a divinely provided drive-through for the whole army. Into this forest they come. And I, I don't know, I've never, I, I haven't seen this phenomenon. I'm not sure we see it here, but I've, I have read about, you, you know, different commentators talk about in the east. And I remember someone mentioned, uh, I was reading about somewhere in India where in some of the primeval forests, You come across these millions of bees in the forest and they literally have honeycombs stretched across the trees. And the honey is just dripping out of them. It's like streams of honey. What a a type, isn't it wonderful? The tree dripping with honey. The cross. Our Saviour's work. And it's flowing with his life and his sweetness for us. And we say, no, I can't. I'm not worthy. I need to get my life together. I need to do more. I need to recover from my bad start. I haven't defeated the enemy yet. No eating. The Lord wants to bless you with his supernatural work in your life, but you're not ready. You've got too much of a mess. You have that awful habit that you haven't shaken. You haven't prayed in three days. You haven't read your Bible. And here is the forest dripping with God's provision. But how dare I take it? How dare I take it? Oh, how? how. And the people are ravenous and they're weak and they're faint. And even worse then, when leaders impose barriers... Like Jesus said to the Pharisees, you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. You neither go in yourselves nor you suffer them who are entering to go in. Oh, I thank God for leaders and teaching that encourages us always to press into the kingdom and to all that Christ has for us. All the sweetness of his work. Oh, it's wonderful. And let, let, let us never stop ourselves or block ourselves or put conditions or restrictions on any of us ever entering in and taking. There are no conditions. Christ has met them all. There is no oath against this. And here again in Jonathan, we have God's course correction. Jonathan it says in verse 27, had not heard his father charge the people with the oath. So he put out the tip of the staff that was in his hand and dipped it in the honeycomb and put his hand to his mouth and his eyes became bright. Oh, may the Lord make us deaf like Jonathan. He didn't hear. Deaf to the voice of the flesh and the enemy that would deny us that provision that's right in front of us. All of Christ is there for you and me. Like Jonathan, put forth your, the rod of your faith and take it. That's what Jonathan did. It was a, he was there to represent to the people, no, this is what God wants. This is what God wants for you. And he nearly died in the process because of the curse on the people. But the people rescued him. This will not, this, will, this truth will not be allowed to be killed. God will sustain this truth that it's all there for the taking that Jesus Christ, Christ has met all the conditions, folks, for us. And we walk in step with the Spirit And don't allow a barrier to come in and stop us moving forward in all that He has for us. Walk in step with the Spirit. Oh, Saul, Saul, the sadness of this account. Jonathan expresses it. He says, My father has troubled the land see how my eyes have become bright because i tasted a little of this honey how much better if the people had eaten freely today of the spoil of their enemies that they found for now the defeat among the philistines has not been great jonathan he says how much better if oh let not that be my testimony or your testimony, or our testimony. How much better if? Oh, let it not be said we jumped ahead of the Holy Spirit and didn't wait for a seal. That we lagged behind where the Holy Spirit wanted us to be. Trembling passively in a cave like Saul instead of walking out to face the enemy in faith and confidence that the Lord is with us. Or that we drifted away from the provision of strength and sweetness that the Holy Spirit wanted to give us and depended on human charisma, human endurance, white knuckle fortitude, all of these things that are really the trajectory of the flesh. They're just us and they will inevitably decline and take us out of that orbit around our blessed saviour and his provision that rocket the other night it couldn't course correct something went wrong but praise God we can in Christ we can Paul wrote that Galatian church to do exactly that to help them to help them. And that's where the word of God is here for us, to help us to course correct. That our trajectory, our path might keep in orbit, in step with the spirit. That we might not, any of us, just become professional Christians, just going through the motions, just becoming used to the presence of God, just becoming used to coming in and coming out and doing our thing. And reading our Bible and saying our prayers and really drifting out of step with the living, working, Holy Spirit of God. And you know how we begin to know, how we begin to know. Paul lays it out again to the Galatians. You begin to know, you see little bits of fruit budding. And the fruit of the flesh or the works of the flesh It's when envy and contention and dissension and covetousness and all of these things begin to creep into your life or to the life of a movement or a church, when these things begin to bud and spread. It's the fruit. Alerts us. Hang on a sec. Maybe I need to course correct here. And when we begin to see those little buds of love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, faith, meekness. When these things, are be- even in bud form, are beginning to manifest themselves. We know that's the evidence. It's not some, some wild Pentecostal experience. That's not the evidence. I'm a Pentecostal to my core. But the fruit is the fruit's of the spirit that's the evidence that we are staying in step with the holy spirit oh brothers and sisters that's the early warning indicator or the early hope indicator let's let's not just begin well let's continue well and let's end well let's not begin in the spirit and end in the flesh let's begin in the spirit Continue in the Spirit and end in the Spirit by God's grace. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at courtchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.courtchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.